Well, Christmas is officially over, at least liturgically speaking in the church. Lots of people wonder, when does Christmas end? You know, for some people, it's, you know, like Christmas Day, take the tree to the curb. Most Catholics know, well, there's at least the octave of Christmas, which goes eight days, and then there's the 12 days of Christmas, which goes to Epiphany, and then there's really the season of Christmas, which goes all the way up to the baptism of the Lord, and to, to some extent, there's the cycle of Christmas, which little tradition team might, might go all the way up to February 2nd, the Feast of the Presentation. So although we took down all the Christmas trees and stuff, it's still okay that we have some poinsettias. After all, they're still alive. What are you going to do? Throw out a good poinsettia? They're, they're still kind of nice. And I've still got my little nativity scene up, as you can see on the Sean the Baptist show, because there's a tradition of going to February 2nd for nativity scenes. But nonetheless, basically Christmas is over because, as we see, we've, we've changed colors. We're, we're wearing green now, which tells everybody, okay, Christmas is done, and we are now in ordinary time. It's not exciting. It's not Christmas. It's not Easter. It's just in between, so it's blah. It's ordinary. Well, okay, that's, that's not exactly correct, because, of course, with Jesus, there is no, like, blah, ordinary, but it's also a, a little bit of a bad translation, because... We hear the word ordinary in English, and we think, ah, nothing's happening. It's just blah. Well, in Latin, which is where all of our liturgy is translated from, the, you won't find the word ordinary time or anything like it. What you find is the Latin phrase tempus per annum, which means time through the year. Well, that sounds a whole lot better than ordinary. Because time through the year might actually be kind of exciting. In fact, a lot of important things happen through the year. Yeah, it's not Christmas, it's not Easter, but newsflash, most of the year is not Christmas or Easter. It's, it's in between those two big things. So I think it's important that we not fall into the trap of thinking that somehow uh, we should be living from like one big exciting moment to the next. Because the church really doesn't do that in the, the church calendar either. And it would be a mistake to try to do that with our lives, which... I, I'm as guilty as this as anybody. I, I like excitement. I, I like miracles. I don't like ordinary, really. It, I, I like it when the playoffs are here. I, I like the Super Bowl, especially when the Chiefs are in it and they're scoring more points than the other team. I like exciting things. But most of life is actually not so exciting. Most of life is kind of ordinary. Blah. But here's, here's the thing. If most of our life is lived in those in-between moments, that, that's actually the most important time because we don't need too much help getting excited about Christmas or Easter. But all that other time in between is, well, it's kind of important because that's where we live most of our life. So I like how in the... Uh, the Latin also, in the, the extraordinary form of the, the Latin Mass from before Vatican II, this, this time isn't even called uh, ordinary or anything like that. Uh, these days right now, these Sundays, these are the Sundays after Epiphany. And when we get to the other part of ordinary time after, Christ, after the Easter season, those Sundays are called the Sundays after Pentecost. There's nothing ordinary about that. They're, they're telling us, okay, we, we met Jesus in the Epiphany. We celebrated this beautiful feast of Christmas. Like the Magi, we, we went to the manger, we encountered Jesus. 
We, we heard the voice of God at his baptism proclaim who he is. We've seen him turn water into wine at the wedding of Cana. Now what do you do about it? I mean, that's really a time in which we live. These are the days after Epiphany. That sounds a whole lot better than ordinary. Or after Easter, we're living in the days after Pentecost. That's really where the whole church lives right now. These are the days after Pentecost. That's exciting. You know, the whole ordinary thing, it, it actually just comes from the fact that each Sunday in ordinary time in the modern mass is named with what's known as an ordinal number. The first, the second, the third. Okay, for, for those not familiar, cardinal numbers are one, two, three. Ordinal numbers are first, second, third. It implies an order. That's where ordinary comes from. It doesn't have anything to do with it about it not being special or important. It just means they're ordered. The first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth. That's it. That sounds boring in itself, I admit it. But the days after Epiphany, that actually sounds kind of exciting. I thought about this the other day when I was praying, meditating on St. Joseph. You know, Pope Francis has declared a, a year of St. Joseph. And, you know, when we leave Joseph in the infancy stories of Jesus, well, what happens? Well, the last thing we hear is an angel appears to Joseph, which seems to happen a lot. So Joseph was apparently used to angels talking to him in a dream. I mean, those are exciting moments. But notice the last thing that happens. An angel appears to Joseph and says, Joseph, take Mary and the child and go flee to Egypt and then wait. And so we read it and Joseph does because he's a very holy person. He, he knows how to hear God. He's like, wow, an angel spoke to me. God said, go to Egypt. So I'm going to. This is exciting, maybe. And a bit annoying. Get up in the middle of the night. Can't we just hang out in Bethlehem? No, go. All right. But think about this. Joseph goes to Egypt. We know the story. So we know in a, in a couple years, God tells Joseph, okay, it's safe now. Herod is dead. Come back. Go to Nazareth and all this. Joseph didn't know that. Last he heard of God was go to Egypt. So he did. Now what does he do? Well, he could hang out and say, all right, I'm here. Now I'm just going to hang out and wait for God to do something big again. When will God speak again? I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait. Well, Joseph didn't know if it was going to be a week, a year. Maybe he would die in Egypt. Joseph didn't know. Imagine yourself being Joseph in Egypt, waiting for the next big thing. Joseph wasn't hanging around waiting for the next big thing. He's like, well, I'm here. I, I'm going to get to work. Joseph probably set up his little carpenter shop now in Egypt and, and helped people and built stuff. And the fact there's a tradition of this in Egypt to this very day, that Joseph, in fact, was a, a carpenter and did his thing because he didn't know how long it would be until the next big thing. I think that's a, a great kind of spirituality for us to enter into right now. We don't know when the next big thing will be. I mean, we know Easter is coming liturgically, but what about our lives? I know sometimes I get into a funk kind of where I'm like, all right, this isn't very exciting. When is God going to do the next big thing? You know, especially as you get on in, you know, faithful commitment to marriage over the years and there's transitions. You're like, okay, here we are. We're, we're doing it, but it seems kind of blah. Is there something big coming? When's the next big thing? I think we have to get comfortable with not waiting for the next big thing. Eventually, God spoke to Joseph again. 
But if he had just waited for the next big thing, who knows when that was going to come? So I know I'm trying to live right now one day at a time. What do I do today to follow God more closely? How do I respond today, not as an ordinary day where I'm waiting for something else, but rather this is a day after Epiphany. This is a day after I've encountered God, and maybe today is not as big a day as Epiphany. Maybe God's not going to appear. That's what Epiphany means, manifestation. Maybe there's not going to be an angel come speak to me. Maybe I'm not going to see a huge miracle today. But how will I live this day as if it is the last day of my life, the first time I encountered God, the only day I've got? How do I live in that spirit? Often in sacristies, there's a little sign that says to the priest, Holy Priest of God, offer this Mass as if it were your first Mass, your last Mass, your only Mass. That's hard to do because most of us are looking backward or we're looking forward, waiting for something, and we don't live right now. So maybe that's a good kind of meditation as we begin this season of ordered time, ordinary time, or the time through the year, or better, the, the days after Epiphany. What will you do today, after the big thing happened, before the next big thing happens, in the in-between time, the tempus paratum, just the time through the year? Well, the Magi encountered Jesus, and they changed their life. It says they went back to their own country by a different way. The disciples in the gospel today, they hear John the Baptist say, that's the Lamb of God. And they change their whole life, and they go follow him. Samuel, in the, the first reading today, he hears God, and he has to respond and say, all right, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. They, they do stuff. They respond to the encounter. They don't sit around and wait. Samuel gets up, and he goes, you called me. He, he does something about it. He doesn't sit there and like, ah, I don't want to get up. Andrew follows Jesus. And he's like, what are you looking for? He's like, uh, Rabbi, where are you staying? And Jesus says, all right, come, see. And he does. And then he goes and gets Peter and brings him. All these people, they act. They do something right now as a result of an encounter, not waiting for something else in the future. So how might God be speaking to you today? Maybe you feel right now your life is a little, ugh, we're waiting for COVID to be done. When can I not wear a mask? When do I get to go out and hug people and do normal things? And we could, we could be waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and we'll waste our whole life waiting in blah, ordinary. That's not the way God wants us to live. You have encountered God. You've been at the epiphany. Now, how will you live these days after Epiphany? How will you act and say yes to the grace that God gives you today? These are the days after Epiphany, and that's actually pretty exciting. <laughs>